Um, any new people in the building, just to show of hands? I mean, if you're nervous, you don't have to, you know, like, but any new people? All right. Well, there's no new people this morning. That's okay, uh, because there will be new people at the 11 o'clock. But for those of you guys who don't know me, my name is John. I'm the youth pastor here um, at Puget Sound Foursquare, uh, and I have the privilege and honor to deliver the Word of God to you guys this morning. Um, as you guys know, Pastor Lance has uh, been on a bit of a, a bit of on a bit of a break. He's on a sabbatical, and sabbaticals are not bad things; they're actually good things. And um, I know for a fact that when Pastor Lance gets back in several weeks, he's going to be better. Amen. Come on, church. A little bit. Can I just get a little bit of energy this morning? When Lance gets back, he's going to be better. Amen. Yeah. And guess what? Um, as staff members that take the mantle of the leadership of this church, we know that we are going to be better as well. Amen? And as a church in its entirety, we learn to exercise what it means to move forward as the church, even without our senior leader here. And that just speaks dividends to the entirety of the church. So guess what? You guys are going to be better as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, so let me just kind of t share with you guys a brief uh, background of, of, of where I'm at, because as the youth pastor, um, some of you guys, we don't get across paths because in the morning time, I kid you not, from the, right from the start when we get here to up until our youth service, which is at 11 o'clock, we are moving uh, back and forth, just getting everything ready to go for every single person here. And that includes the youth ministry as well. So if I haven't gotten a chance to say hello to you, don't be shy. Come say hello after service because I'd love to say hello to you. Um, but it's been practically about a year since um, I've transitioned over uh, from our old youth pastors. And it's crazy to think because um, it's been an entire year. Uh, there's a saying that goes that when you love your job, it just goes by so quickly. It doesn't feel like a job. And so I was telling some of my youth students just recently, it feels like it's been a snap of a finger. It feels like it's only been like a month since I've transitioned into the youth pastor position. And let me tell you this, by any means, our youth ministry is not perfect. But they are continuing to grow. They're continuing to excel. You're going to see some youth students out there serving their hearts out this morning. If you see them, would you encourage them? Would you give them a little nudge and just say, hey, we're thankful that you serve the way that you serve? Because um, believe it or not, the next generation of leaders comes from our youth department and it comes from our kids department. We're going to watch to continue to see the next generation of leaders rise up. And that's the, simply the reason why I do what I do. I don't do it because I'm an additional daycare teacher. I don't do it because I, 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 this is just my simple job, task, and responsibility. I do it because I want to see young people come to know Jesus, come to love Jesus, and to love the church and we see the next generation of leaders happen. Don't get me wrong. Week in and week out, I want to pull my hair out. It's okay to laugh. Because if, if you guys have young teenagers, if you guys have kids, you understand exactly what I mean. If you guys have ever served in that capacity, even if you don't have, even if you don't have kids, you know what I'm talking about. But as much as I want to pull my hair out, 
the love that I have for them overtakes all of that. And I'm simply reminded by the grace of God of where I once used to be and where the students are now. And I look at each and every one of them and I'm deeply encouraged because they are far, they are in a far better state than where I was when I was a young teenager. And so, church, the generation, the next, the next generation of leaders looks bright and it looks really good within Puget Sound Foursquare. Can I get an amen? Um, today I get the uh, privilege to talk to you about this topic, daily Christian living. Daily Christian living. And I know um, most of you guys know that I am a single youth pastor with no kids. So what can a single youth pastor that doesn't have a spouse and does not have any kids teach me about daily Christian living in the midst of busyness? What do I know about a schedule, getting kids up in the morning, getting them out the door, getting them to school, and in the midst of chaos, what can I teach? Honestly, I don't know if I can really teach much, but guess what? The Holy Spirit can. The Word of God can. And we're going to dive into it today, and we're going to talk about daily Christian living. And, and truth, truth be told, I hope that you guys leave here deeply encouraged in the everyday process of life that you guys would be able to walk in and out, in maturity, in holiness, in your relationship with God. Before we do, I'm going to just share a really quick story with you guys. A few weeks back, myself and the youth ministry, we, some of the members of the youth ministry, we, we went inner tubing. How many of us have enjoyed the snow these last several weeks? Okay, there's no hands. Okay, a couple hands, a couple hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, to take advantage of it prior to, we were like, okay, I think it would be cool to go up to the mountains. This was before the snow apocalypse happened. It would be cool to go up to the mountains and go inner tubing. We went up to uh, the summit at Snoqualmie. How many of us have been there before? How many of us have been inner tubing up there before? So this will relate to you guys. You guys will understand where I'm coming from. But I'm going to try to visualize and paint the picture for you guys this morning. Um, The reason why I love to go to the summit at Snoqualmie is because I just think that uh, through and through their entire process is amazing. And I'll tell you a little bit why that process is amazing. So we get there, we check in. Most of the students have never been there. And what they, ha- what they provide is these inner tubes, they provide very, very steep hills. But the best part of what they provide is on the way back up. So if many of us know that inner tubing uh, you, it involves, uh, once you go down, you have like the 10 seconds of thrill. And then you have to... Walk back up a steep hill, and that will probably take you a couple minutes. But at the summit at Snoqualmie, they have this conveyor belt, this escalator of some sort that you stand on. It's kind of like the uh, belts at the airport, but it takes you up the hill. And so I have a deep appreciation of the summit at Snoqualmie because no longer do I have to walk up the hill. I get to just ride a conveyor belt. And here I am just going up the conveyor belt, not having to do any type of movement. I just get to take my tube with me, and we just go right on up. 
while I was walking back to the cabin, um, I got a notification on my, uh, on my watch. And if you can bring up the slide. Um, I, I have an Apple Watch. I'm sure some of you guys um, who don't live under a rock know what an Apple Watch is. It's okay to laugh, yes. Um, but the Apple Watch uh, displays and is good for three things. One, uh, the first thing that the Apple Watch does for me is that it tells time. The second thing, yeah, 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 I know, it's crazy, right? A, a watch that tells the time. Like, I look at it, and it tells me the time. The second thing that it tells me and alerts me of is my text messages and phone calls. Because no longer as a society are we allowed to look at our phones. We have to get it on our watch. But the last thing that it reminds me of every day is how lazy I am. Because every single day, it reminds me to fulfill my three rings. Now, the three rings are movement, exercise, and standing. Truth be told, seven days out of the week, I'm probably only fulfilling one of those days. And guess what that day is? Sunday, because we're moving and we're trying to get the church open and everything. But here I was, having done no prior activity, no exercise before, and my watch had told me, congratulations, John, you fulfilled your movement and your exercise. I looked at it, and there was this, there was this deep satisfaction inside of me because I was like, wow, I actually did it. But truth be told, guess what actually did it? The going down the hill. And the escalator going back up. I tricked my Apple Watch. So guess what? You're not as smart as you are. But here's the story behind that. And the real reason why I wanted to share that story is because oftentimes in our fabrication of life, we go through the motions. And there are things that begin to replicate the deep meaning of our Christian life. And so what I want to do today is I want to bring to your attention some things that I do and that we can do as a church to improve our daily Christian living. Church, would you pray with me? Awesome God, we love you and we're grateful for this opportunity to come before you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak so profoundly. Lord, that as we go through this topic of daily Christian living, that we would know that you want to be a part of our everyday life. And Lord, that you're going to help clarify some doubt and confusion amongst the people here and what you want to see out of their everyday life as well. So Holy Spirit, we trust you. Guide us today. We love you. And all of God's people says, Amen. Amen. The sermon title of today is Forward. It's as simple as that. Forward. I'm going to give you guys five steps that start with the letter F. But the sermon title today is Forward. Because I believe that in daily Christian living, we need to progress forward every single day. Now, if you, progress, if you, if you go, not progress backwards, but if you go backwards, am I saying that you're not doing it right? No. What I'm challenging you is that every single day we would move forward, that we would be better than yesterday, that we as people would be better than who we were 
years ago, days ago, that even as a church, that we would be better than we were, say, last year or even a week ago, that we would move forward. We believe that having been cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ and having received the witness of the Holy Spirit at conversion, it is the will of God that we be sanctified daily and become partakers of his holiness, growing constantly stronger in faith, power, prayer, love, and service. First as babies desiring the sincere milk of the word, then as dear children walking humbly, seeking diligently the hidden life where self decreases and Christ increases. Then as strong men having on, having on the whole armor of God, marching forth to new conquests in his name beneath his blood-stained banner, ever living a patient, sober, unselfish, godly life that will be a true reflection of the Christ within. That comes as a statement from our founder of Foursquare, Amy Simple McPherson. I want to read to you really quickly, and we could read this together, not out loud, but, you know, on the screen. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 13 to 16. And it reads this, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when, Christ, when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. We think that holiness equals perfection. What it actually is, is holiness is being sanctified to be set apart. In Jesus, to be like Jesus. Being sanctified allows us to find purpose and it creates an opportunity to be in pursuit. So when we talk about this word holiness, because when we talk about daily Christian living, we have to be mindful of this word holy. Because Jesus calls us to be holy day in and day out. But when we think of holy, we think that the meaning of holiness is to be perfect. Church, can I challenge you today that holiness is finding purpose and to be in pursuit. That there is a strive every single day to be holy. And guess what? You're not going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. But there is a, there is a sense to be holy like Jesus day in and day out. And there's a challenge that's there for us to pursue. Like I said, I'm not perfect by any means, but there are the, there, these are helpful insights that I do and I teach in order for us to perfect daily Christian living. So would you live in these um, few steps as we go over them? The first point is this, is Fix your eyes on Jesus. You know, I was just sharing recently, this, actually this past Wednesday, um, maybe some of your students uh, are in youth and they don't come out to youth ministry. We have um, youth services on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock and on Sundays at 11 uh, in the morning, shameless plug. Anyways, um, I was sharing with them that 
even in this past year, things have been phenomenal. We've grown tremendously. Um, we've grown in the sense that people are in, they're dis- being discipled, they're growing spiritually. And we've done plenty of plans and programs and pop-ups and meetups and all these different things. But I wanted to make sure that I, as we went into this year, is to fix our eyes on Jesus. And I told them, in my deepest convictions, we might not be the coolest youth ministry out there. We might not have the best plans and programs that are there. But if we fix our eyes in Jesus, then we are going to see people come to know Jesus because of the outlet that we produce because our eyes are fixed on him. And so when we're talking about daily Christian living, um, step one is to simply fix your eyes on Jesus. I don't think it's that difficult. It may seem difficult, but it's to adjust. It is to turn and to fix our eyes on him. It comes out of Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnessed, witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with the perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. May we continue as we move forward as a church to continue to fix our eyes on him. To fix our eyes on Jesus. The second point is this. So the first point, fix your eyes on Jesus. And, 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 and hopefully you guys are taking notes just to continue to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ. Maybe some of you guys need to just readjust things. Maybe uh, you've come in here and you feel heavy burden and you guys are weary and, and, and you're struggling in your faith with Christ and you need some answers. Hello, these are the answers. These are some guidelines to go by and that you could look and reflect upon. The second point is this, focus on your spiritual disciplines. Focus on your spiritual disciplines. Now, I've been giving um, a lot of love to this side of the room, so I'm going to address some things over on this side. So I've... Um, I've given two different categories to help us in your spiritual disciplines because, truth be told, I think um, focusing on the things that we need to do every single day is a very hard task. Can I be very vulnerable and, 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 and just transparent with each and every one of you? As a quote-unquote pastor, guess what? I don't read my Bible every day. <gasps> I know, it's shocking. I try to. Because I want to meet with Jesus because I love him. I don't do it because I feel like it's task-oriented and I need to uh, have, it, have a check on my, on my checklist. I do it because I love him. But there are some days where I wake up and the busyness of the day begins to outweigh me meeting with him. And I find myself self-reflecting. I'm saying, John, you can't do that. You've got to start your day with him. But there are several things that we can do in order to position ourselves when we are focusing on our spiritual disciplines. 
and then to practice. This is a list of positioning. <clears throat> so there, there are these things that we do. One is prayer, right? Very easy things. To worship, just simply worshiping him in your everyday, um, in your everyday life whether it's on your ride to work, whether it's dropping off your kids at school, whether it's um, just simply finding some time in the day. Self-examination, being able to um, self-examine your life. And I'm going to touch up on some of these just really quickly, and then the ones that I feel like matter the most, I'm going to uh, just begin to uh, t- uh, continue to expand on. Humility, going before the Lord in humbleness, knowing that you don't have everything in control. Silence. I thought I was going to get a bigger amen than that. Anyways, (laughs) um, celebration, right? Celebration, being able to celebrate the the wins and and even the losses in your life. And knowing your Enneagram number. That was a joke. I'm sure the ones that laughed were the ones that actually know what I'm talking about. Comes from middle age, you know women and, you know, the ones that study it. Uh, Just kidding. I'm going too far. Going too far. It's a joke. Knowing your Enneagram, just kidding. That's not part of it. But it helps. Helps why you do what you do, how you operate in certain situations. But the practice, the practical side, what we are able to do week in and week out, day in and day out, are these things. Is prayer. Oh, just kidding. Well, prayer is one of them. But the practical portion, the practical portion is this, is being able to start your day with drinking a cup of coffee. (laughs) Thought I was going to get a bigger amen for that one. Anyways, just kidding. Um, Drinking a a cup of coffee is not mandatory, but it does help. Amen. Um, Reading your Bible. Right? Being able to read your Bible, being able to be in this fellowship and community. Community is something that's so important in the practical side of things. Fasting, being able to give up certain things, studying and journaling, um, the revelations that the Lord is giving to you. Evangelism. I know that Pastor Kari last week touched up on evangelism and, and doing uh, and going out and being able to share the love of God to people. Confession. And I know that oftentimes confession is like this spooky word, but no, it's just simply saying that you're not right and he is right. Um, You are not perfect, but he is perfect. Being able to have this time of just confessing what's on your heart, because oftentimes we're just inner battles time and time again. But when you believe, when you begin to confess with your mouth that he is Lord, um, stealing from Romans 10, 9. Um, when you believe and you confess, you will be saved. And so it's the confession that comes forth that begins to spring out life inside of us. Stewardship, being excellent in what you do, how you begin to give your time, how you begin to um, invest in certain areas, the stewardship of life, obedience, simply responding to the Lord, saying, here I am, Lord, use me. And the last one, which is oftentimes the most difficult, something that we talk about a lot in church, is serving. Serving. Waking up early mornings on Sundays and and, and serving a Sunday and attending a uh, uh, coming to serve 
for one service and then attending a service is really difficult because we have all these different things that we need to accomplish and we need to take care of. But guess what? The church needs you guys. We need to be able to serve. And, and, and for some of us, and, and we're going to actually talk about this uh, in this next portion, it's not just simply about us serving and doing this um, duty and it points our moral compass north. There's actual meaning behind what we do, the investment that's there. I tell my leaders all the time, and, and, and can I tell you this? Um, I don't know if you guys know the structural, uh, the structural organization of our leadership team, but we have four, uh, now we have five leaders. Three guys, two girls, but can I tell you what? They are there every single week, investing in our students. And they understand the importance of the investment that's there. And, your, and how you serve here at the church is never taken for granted. There is an investment that happens every single week. You may not see it right away, but the fruit comes. A month, a year, 10 years from now, and maybe in your lifetime, you'll never see it. But when you serve, it matters. 2 Timothy 2.15 says this, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Focus on your spiritual disciplines. That's point number two. Point number three is this, figure out the do's and don'ts. Figure out the do's and don'ts. We're going to talk a little bit about legalism. Because oftentimes, when we're talking about the do's and don'ts, we get very nitpicky on what we are allowed to do or not allowed to do, okay? Church, I have a question to ask you, to challenge you. Do we love church, structure, rules, and organized religion? Or do we love Jesus, salvation, redemption, and obeying him. I'm going to repeat that for you just so that you, we are all on the same page. Do you, we love church, structure, rules, and organized religion? Or do we love Jesus, salvation, redemption, and obeying him? Because oftentimes when we come to church, we know what we're allowed to do, what we're allowed to say, how we're, how we're supposed to act how we're supposed to be, and then oftentimes when it comes to the don't portions, we know what not to say, we know how not to act, and oftentimes um, how we begin to be in the church begins to be fabricated, and I'm not telling you this by any means that this is the life that you're living, but I'll tell you just out of personal testimony that my life was fabricated for the first 18 years of my life. And I went to church every single week. At times, I'd go to church five days a week. And yet, I went through the motions time and time and time and time again. And then I didn't know that I was in desperate need of a Savior until God met with me. And I had realized that the first 18 years of my life was a lie. And what happened was I got caught in organized religion. And don't get me wrong, the the presence of God, the grace of God kept me, close to the, kept me close to his heart. 
that the, the first 18 years of my life, but for myself, I found myself loving church. I loved organized religion. I loved structure. I loved the rules. I loved the do's and don'ts. The Ten Commandments are as simple as this. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall make no idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and mother so that you live longer in the land that God has given to you. Now, when I read this to my youth students, I always pause and I always look at them. And I make sure that I repeat this. Honor your father and your mother so that you, and this is actually in scripture, so that you can live longer in the land that God has given to you. And I have some youth students rolling their eyes up. Pastor John, you're so annoying. Because they hear this time and time again. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear witness, false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. And this comes out of Exodus 20. So we, knew the, we know the rules. And the rules are there as guidelines and principles. But even Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have, come to abolish, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So these rules and these guidelines are there. And they're very good in regards to principle. But how do we go about figuring out the do's and the don'ts? How do we go about figuring out our life and our love for Jesus? And the fourth one, fourth point, stick with me, church. I only got two more points. Um, the fourth point is find your purpose in life. Find your purpose in life. Can I remind you this morning, and I really believe that this is a word, a very simple word for somebody in this place. Your life serves purpose. Your life, serf, your life serves purpose. Your life serves purpose. Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Daily Christian living begins to be foggy because we don't have a sense of purpose. But in the midst of all of that, can I tell you that if you have come here and you have agreed upon in your heart that you love him, guess what? There is a purpose here for you. There is a purpose that I believe that the Holy Spirit is downloading and installing into you right now. That your life serves a very purpose. And if you need to be reminded of that, guess what? That's what the church is here for. That's what community is for. That's, what, that's where we're able to rally together and to love each other. There was a very dark point in my life where I didn't think that my life had any purpose. But because of strong brothers around me, some that aren't even um, at church anymore, just ones that just wanted to love and invest in me, they made me, found, they made me find purpose. They made me find and get closer to the, to the Lord so that I can identify and know that I live every day with purpose. And the last one is this. In daily Christian living, you can't talk about daily Christian living without this one. And this is probably the hardest one. Fight your battles. Fight your battles. Don't run away from them. Fight your battles. Or at least try your best and let God do the rest. 
fight your battles. Just recently, at our um, over the course of the last two months, we had um, we had students and leaders share their testimony, and I took away from them one student and one leader in particular. Um, Malia shared one verse that was so relevant to her, and Braden Baker shared another one that was relevant to him. And in their life, in their testimony, young or old, you you, you saw how um, even Scripture comes alive. I didn't ask these people to share Scripture. They said, I have a Scripture to share. Because the word of God was speaking into their life. And these two verses. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Comes out of Exodus 14, 14. And the next one is out of Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, when we talk about fighting our battles, I'm talking about the everyday struggle, the everyday grind that presents itself. Guess what? Being in daily Christian living is not easy. It's not meant to be. There is nothing that, that there is. When you fight for something, that's when something begins to be worth it. I don't like things being easily given to me. There's no depth in that. Daily Christian living is not easy. And guess what? We have to fight our battles. We have to learn to fight our battles. Or at least try. At least try to do our best. And then we simply give it up to the Lord and say, God, I'm going to surrender this to you. Because I can imagine that in our everyday life, we fight for our marriages. In our everyday life, we fight for our kids. In our everyday life, we fight the comparisons of what we see on social media and online. Every day, we go in to work, and at times, it's really good. And at times, it's really bad. We fight all these different things. But can I tell you what? Guess what? We're all fighting the same battle as you. And there is a deep sense of purpose that comes from each and every individual that begins to identify and to accept, yes, I'm going to learn to fight my battle today. And I'll tell you that the struggle is real. Even for someone like myself. But guess what? I know that when I come to church, I don't have to be perfect. I, I, I realize that when I come to church, that there are people that are severely addicted to certain things. Can I tell you something? That there is always something in our lives that we are fighting. There's always something that we may be addicted to. But it's addressing those things and learning how to overcome those things. And so maybe some of you guys really struggle with worry and doubt. Maybe some of you guys really struggle with anxiety. Maybe some of you guys really struggle with comparing your family to the next. Maybe some of you guys coming to church was really difficult. It was really hard because this place is often looked at as a place to 
um, be told that you're guilty, be condemned in where you're sitting. But the church and all of it, in the actuality of it, guess what? We come to a place that is meant for broken people. We come to a church that is filled with sinners and saints alike. And in our everyday life, we learn to fight our battles. And guess what? There are people next to you on your left and on your right that are fighting the same battles, if not less, if not greater, fighting fighting the same battles as you. And we learn to walk, not isolated, but we learn to walk together. There's an old saying that goes like this. If you wanna go fast, go alone. But if you wanna go farther, go together. And the daily Christian living is not meant to be isolated for each and every one of you guys to live it out by yourselves. This is where the the call for community and fellowship begins to be so great. And we learn to move forward together. So church, may I challenge you with where you're at. Would we learn to move forward? Would we learn to progress in our daily Christian living? Let's pray. Awesome God, we give you this time. We love you. We surrender all things to you. May we be able, Father, may we be able to fix our eyes on you. May we be able to focus on our spiritual disciplines. May we be able to figure out the do's and don'ts. May we be able to find purpose in life. And may we learn to fight our battles day in and day out, God, by the grace that you give to us, by the power of Jesus and the blood on the cross. Lord, we, we live to see another day. So God, I pray that the church would leave encouraged, God, and that we continue, Father, to move forward, to move forward in, in our daily Christian living. We love you, we thank you. And all of God's people says, amen, amen, amen. Well, can we go ahead and